Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Two Dads with my co-host and co-founder and partner, business business partner, family member. I can just keep going on. With Sean Francis, I am Brian L. <laughs> Tune in today's conversation uh, as we get to the end of the year and um, brings up a whole bunch of whole bunch of things for folks. We're going to be talking about about faith, um, whatever that means for you faith and um you know for caregivers of family members with special needs how strong is 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 it strengthened your faith or has it weakened your faith in whatever you determine to be a guiding force for you so it's gonna be an interesting conversation we hope that you'll uh you make some contribution here and uh and 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 play along with us here another episode of just two dads Hi, everybody. I am Brian Altunian. Six years ago, my partner, Sean Francis, and I decided to spend a little bit of the time and efforts uh, that we had in our financial services business to go, to go pitch specifically solutions for folks in the special needs community. Because Sean and I both have children that have been diagnosed, something that, that puts them in that category. to this podcast a couple of years did, was I, did I fade out of there for a second there Sean did I go away there yeah for a you second? were kind of you were kind you were kind of freezing and fading there for a second I frozen faded a frozen faded so we use technology and we go yeah. live every week on Facebook live and um, and so if you're catching us on Facebook live thank you for joining us please leave your comment. Uh, if you're catching us after the fact on our YouTube channel on, at, at Just Two Dads on YouTube, uh, you can find all of our episodes there after the fact, all of our episodes over the last two years um, with fascinating and amazing guests, some just John and I, Just Two Dads. Maybe you're catching cast outlet, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, the myriad. Well, Brian will hopefully be right back. Um, not sure exactly what it is that's taking place. I think it may be his internet connection today. There you go. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so if I fade, finish my sentence. Because the great thing about Sean Francis and I is that the one thing that we've been able to do for, for six, seven years is finish each other's sentences because we're so we're so aligned in our minds. So if I fade out for some reason technologically, I don't know in the in the in the weather day, but hopefully, Sean, you'll finish my sentence for me. Um, as I know you're so capable of doing. So I'll I apologize for that, I'll everybody. Do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sean, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling particularly good today. I definitely um, think that this is a great topic. Just so you guys know, you guys, our listeners know, um, when we do not have a guest, Sean and I come up with topics that are interesting to us, which we've done in our in our daily lives for the time that we've known each other. Um, initial 
interesting conversation interesting to us conversations that we thought are topics that are interesting most of the time sean comes up with a topic idea i'm just going to cop to it to be completely transparent <laughs> sean's like hey what do you think about this for a topic and i'm like sounds good to me let's have that conversation because you know i know it's clearly on sean's mind that we want to have a conversation about something and i can i can dance man i can i can just kind of get right in there and and rumble so i love that we're going to talk about faith and i'll just say this and then sean i'm gonna throw it to you because i was because i'm having technological issues i have no idea if it's going to last so i'm just going to finish this by saying as we're coming to the end of the year and you know all of the celebratory uh, holidays you know based on your faith your 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 culture your religion your your belief system you know it brings up a bunch of stuff right first of all chance for families to get together but also you know looking at the end of the year and chance to kind of look back and did we accomplish everything were we the best person that we could be did we do everything that we wanted to to do be everything that we wanted to be have everything we wanted to have has our belief system changed at all over the course of the last year so the timing is perfect we just you know um we generally don't like to date these things but the reality is we all know we date these these things based on what's happening in the world um so it's gonna be a fascinating topic because i have some thoughts but i, I know that sean definitely has some ideas around this and so sean i'm gonna throw it to you and and say hello to you that was that was not bad hey about a five minute 36 second intro on my part so it's like, you know <laughs> that's kind of short that's, I think, that's more than fine it, it but it's it it works though because then it allows me to kind of get right to it because you at this point you'll you, you know usually ask how i'm feeling i'm feeling good i'm feeling blessed grateful but i'm also feeling um i don't know if i'd say conflicted um you know but you know lately there's a lot of things generally when, when you're a parent or caregiver caregiver to one with special needs, it simply magnifies and, and puts a um, a greater focus and attention on the things that matter to most people and are on most people's minds. There's some things that are exclusive to those of us who are in that position, but there's a lot of things, most things I think that other people are thinking about, maybe not just as much. And the thought that is with me has a lot to do with, I guess, where I am in life um, in terms of, um, age and, and and what seems to be taking place in the world like okay so you and i are probably you're going to be 59 next month i will be 59 um in september um so it better be a good reason for you mentioning how old we are but <laughs> <laughs> because i i don't know if my thought about mortality um is just based on age um or one, I don't know if I don't know if it's based on age or that there's so many people that I see passing away, or and I don't know if there are more people passing away because it used to be that you would hear of people passing away and they were almost more often than not older, but now celebrity and non-celebrity -celeb alike, every time you turn around, there's somebody that's passed away. And I had a conversation with a friend two days ago, a friend from high school. Um, can't believe how fast that time has gone. His older brother had passed away and we were talking about how surprising that was. And they were kind of going back and forth as to, you know, whether or not, you know, what surprises you anymore when you hear that someone has actually passed away. Um, 
should it be surprising? And that made me think about the whole idea of our capacity to live the best life that we possibly can is greatly affected by, by our um, willingness to accept that we're not here forever. And I've lived a portion of my life acting as though, you know, I've got some kind of hookup and I can go when I'm ready or something like that. And a big portion of that was, was because for the early part of my life, I think we've talked about this before, I really had a fear of death. And, you know, I just go back and forth because I always arrive at the, at the notion that there is something greater than me. But when you have a challenge that's placed before you, you know, you can say, well, why me? We like to say, well, you know, what serves you better is to ask, well, why not me? Well, that's easier said than done. And, and I think sometimes we need to talk about the doubts that we have as well, too, because, you know, um, depending on what the diagnosis is, depending on how severe it might be, the level of challenge, whether you're single or have the benefit of a partner or a spouse, you know, you can have so much to take on that you're just like, you're asking the question as opposed to making the statement, which is, you know, well, why me? As opposed to even ever asking, why not me? And just generally speaking, I go back and forth between, you know, the notion of uh, this life being it, which is a very, very depressing thing or thought, you know? So those, that that's kind of, you know, where, where, yeah, I'm at, and <laughs> it's I, all over the place. I, I get it, and I, I'd say you know I think that we notice um, death more for for a couple of specific reasons. I think that coming out of the pandemic, where we were seeing, well, you know, so many people that got sick, and so many people that were were dying from the complications of, you know, of the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, some people would say that that the you know if, 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 you're, if you're on the anti-vax side not getting political here but if you're on the anti-vax side of things like well of course people are dying early of a heart attack suddenly because the vaccinations are causing issues so we're seeing a lot it's become part of our awareness that people were dying because of the pandemic and now it's just sort of a and now it's i i think that the it's almost like the media has been given the okay to like just go ahead and start talking about people who are dying i don't know if more people are dying today or if we're just hyper aware for those of us who live in Southern California, you know, once you have an earthquake, it feels like every time a truck drives by your house, you're having another earthquake. You're kind of jumpy, right? Because you've, if you've been through an earthquake and, and aftershocks, it's almost like anytime that you know your your home moves, you 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 you, you kind of get you kind of jump again. And I, and I think to some degree, the amount of of deaths that we have seen is because we're we're kind of jumpy. Like we saw so many people pass away over the last couple of years that now it's just become a regular thing. We're just sort of seeing it all over the place. We have this hyper awareness to death. Um, it is interesting that people are dying like suddenly of a heart attack at 37 years old. There's a, a, some uh, country music singer got married yesterday at 37 years old and then died of a heart attack hours after his wedding. Like that's, how does that I happen? I, don't, see, I, I, I didn't even hear that. And then for me, somebody yeah. like, like Irene Cara. Um, right. Like I, 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 when somebody is part of like, Someone, you know, your childhood or similar portions of your life or something like that because of the art that they've created. And then they happen to be in or just slightly outside of your age group. That's when you're like, you really think about these things. Then it goes back to the thought as a caregiver when you're like, okay, well, what about when I am not here? Who is going to love and care for my child? Um, and then just Those are two different of, okay, things, though, by the way. 
Those are two different things. It is. Things, oh, yeah. It, it leads to that, though, is what I'm saying, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's where it can, this whole conversation go in 50 different directions because then it goes back to my original thought, which is like, well, what, what do you, what happens when you go? <laughs> All of those things. And I guess the idea, for me personally, I know it comes back to me needing to believe in something greater than myself. Um, and it's funny how the, you know, the fight even exists because I've had prayers answered um, sometimes in a specific way. Yet, you know, uh, the, the fight still comes, you know, you know, you know, back and forth. And you have to not judge people for being wherever they're at, because a lot of that is based on, you know, their experience. Like I said, someone, it's one thing to go through things um, with a better half. Let me ask you from, okay, yeah. so you were raised um, in the Jewish tradition. I don't know. I, I, I heard someone um, that I, uh, on the radio the other day when they were talking about religion and stuff, he, and he happened to say, uh, he says, well, I'm Jew-ish. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious <laughs> because what he simply means is that you know he celebrates Hanukkah, you know, you know, it hasn't been a temple in who knows how long. And that's much like other people who have, you know, for most of us, the religion that we have um or our faith is something that is given to us, not something that we practice or that we went to on our own, you know. So um being raised in a you know uh you know in a, in a Jewish environment and everything what role did that play in strengthening you comforting you or what role period when your daughter jordan was diagnosed um with microcephaly well <laughs> sean you become the master of the multi-question question um <laughs> sorry because there's are those are those are two or three different like different things so so, yeah. you know, growing up, first of all, first of all, my my biological mother, my biological mother, and my biological father were both Jewish. And so okay. born into the Jew, born in the Jewish faith. And then my mother and father divorced when I was two. My mother remarried to uh, an Armenian who was Catholic. And so the thing is, he so there's a difference between, you know, being raised in the culture and being a practicing so my, right. my, my stepfather was not a practicing Catholic. He had not been to church. He had not, he had, he had, you know, in his words, he had taken a trip to Europe. He had gone to the Vatican and he, what he saw versus what he learned as a, as he, even an altar boy growing up in the Catholic church, he thought that there was a disconnect between what, mm. what, you know, was on high and what was out, you know, in the general public. And so for him, he just, grew up Catholic and again, active as a young, as a young boy, but as an adult chose not to practice Catholicism. My mother and, and us as children, like we went to high holiday services. Those are the services that occur at the beginning of the year, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Um, that, you know, and we did that all throughout until I was, you know, until I was in my, you know, late twenties. So, you know, we were practicing Jews, but also, there's there's a sliding scale in Judaism, right? From Orthodox, which is very you know follows the you know the Talmud and a very you know to the extreme, to conservative to reform. And in the United States, there's a lot of there's a massive reform Judaism movement um, all over the world, which is which is assimilate your culture, assimilate your 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 religion, your your cultural beliefs into the world as it is today. So mm -hmm. so I mean I will tell you my my rabbi who who married my 
my first wife and I, Jordan's mom, uh, he had a yarmulke. They call it a keepa. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. they call it a keepa. It's a, his keepa was uh, emblazoned with the, the L.A. Dodgers logo. So like, <laughs> that'll tell you how reformed he was. So, you know? so he wasn't he wasn't exactly secular, but he yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I will tell you this. I mean, it gets, so my so my mother's side of the family all Jewish. So, um, very you know all the family values, education. You know, a lot of the things that we learned was something that I was ingrained with and gave me great comfort. By the way, here's the great thing about this: my father, who's Armenian, the Armenian side of our family, almost mirror image of Jewish of of, of, of the Jewish side of the family. In fact, everything that my the Jewish side of the family believed in and. and was very important were also the same things identical to my to the armenian side so it was as if i was in i was in the i was i was raised in this in this concept of you know a, a really a family that was that was dedicated to you know tightness of family the closeness of family being there for one another again promoting education <laughs> and business and and in giving very much right. contribution and giving so so that gave me great comfort you know i i so so that's the one thing we can talk so about. So that's the first part. So you had, you had, yeah. you had a good base because of that. And then having great base. And 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 then having um um a family that where religion or faith speaks to comfort has a lot to do with it too as opposed to having religion or faith that speaks to you know dogma or or um um limitation or you know whatever have you. So that that's got a lot sure. to do with it too. And yeah. by the way <laughs> on the orthodox side of Judaism, you have a lot of that dogma, you know, there's a, there's a way, right way of, you know, of doing things. And so we weren't, we weren't practicing uh, orthodox, orthodox Jews. Those are the folks that don't, that, that observe the Sabbath. They don't, they don't operate machinery or turn on their lights or do anything active from Friday sundown, to Saturday sundown. There's 631 prayers that they read every single morning. Like there's a whole there. And that's very dogmatic. Wow. Was not right. grown. I did not grow up in that. I'm aware of it. I know of it, but I'm not. It's not my thing. Um, That's interesting. Six hundred thirty-one yeah. prayers in the yeah. morning versus, like, say, Islam. There's five prayers a day. It's that's interesting. Anybody is just tuning in again. We're talking about your your faith being strengthened or weakened by your experience as a special needs parent or caregiver. So we're we're talking about the base, so to speak. Anyway, go ahead, and, Brian. Sorry. And to give you an idea of of how reform. I am. I it could actually be a six hundred and thirteen instead of six thirty one. Like I don't know all the I don't know all of them. But anyways, anyways. But it goes back to the Bible, right? So so those that believe in Christianity, you know, and 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 the Bible, those that use the old testament as you know, as the basis, even if there is a New Testament component to it, they go back to the origins of the old of the old testament. That's that's what the, the Jews believe in. And so there is a lot of dogma, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that was that was appropriate back in the day that doesn't seem to apply today you know um we don't i don't i didn't follow that so that wasn't my area that wasn't the thing that i got value out my my jordan's mom my first wife was raised in a conservative jewish home in canada and so she you know was kind of in between the reform which is like americans who wear jeans to temple and the conservative where the women sit separate from the men you know i mean mm-hmm. it's and so conservative was somewhat in between but here's the interesting thing. So, so um, when Jordan was diagnosed, we had had a uh, we'd had a uh, second child very close around the, di- the date of diagnosis. Um, 
we we struggled with a lot of things. We struggled with with family health. We struggled with you know our own internal struggles of you know. A, a so Gabby Gabby was born close to the date of Jordan's diagnosis. Then. At, after Jordan's diagnosis, but believe it or not, after Jordan's oh, okay, diagnosis. wow, okay, yeah. Um and um so 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 Jordan was born in in 1995. Gabby was born in 1999. Um mm -hmm. and then um and then so for me. So here's a crazy thing, right? I don't think I've ever ever even talked about. It. And I'm sorry, Sean, I'm like totally dominating the conversation today. No, I asked you a question, though, so that's fine. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, the challenges of of uh, you know that that come in 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 a marriage and that come with a with a child diagnosed with a you know with a a disability, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, it was one of many pressures that we were that we were under. And then 9/11 occurred um it all of it together sort of made me question a lot made me question a lot about spirituality a lot about religion a lot about the dogma that we talk about even though the reform dogma is not as extreme as the orthodox yeah you know religion is religion is religious handed down by men is interpretation of the word of god right so i started to re th think all of that 9 11 was a was a hugely shocking event in in my life at that time and immediately like it preceded the well we were we were separated by the time that happened it sort of helped to put a exclamation point on our on our divorce so we got divorced um finalized in in 2002 after 9 11 was a was a was a critical time for me um i didn't even think of think of that we talk about instances that's around an individual but world events can affect that too in dealing with, sure. with the diagnosis as well for sure, for sure, and I and and as tight as family was and all that, you know, there's a lot of it, it doesn't really matter. My our, again, our, our our not our pressures on our on our marriage were you know over the course of years. So it wasn't just Jordan's diagnosis, wasn't just dealing with that event. It was just a culminating event for us, and it was a it was a major component, and it made me think about more about about universal spirituality than it did about specific religions. And I'm and again, my 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 father my my stepfather was Catholic. I grew up in Glendale, California, which is very strong Christian, um, you know, very strong Christian uh, environment. Um, so I had a lot of friends and spent a lot of time in, you know, going with friends to their churches and, you know, and, and, and you know, and understanding their experience. I have family members, you know, slightly, not just, just cousins who are of the Mormon faith. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of studying into the mormon faith and how that all came about and and so mm -hmm. i've looked at a lot of uh, at a lot of religions and the commonalities and the differences and there's uh, as we talk about sean all the time there's so many more commonalities across all of these than there are you know than there are differences we like to focus on the differences but there's so much more in common for me the idea of 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 spirituality my relationship with god is my relationship with god it's my personal relationship with god Right. How I'm, how I'm, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm all throwing a bunch of stuff in here too. I'm Sagittarius. I don't like to be told what to do. I don't want somebody to tell me how I'm supposed to have a relationship with God. Don't tell me right. how to, how to pray to God, how to have a conversation with God. Don't tell me how to interpret God's messages. That's a personal thing. And mm -hmm. the fact, the more that I hear, you know, this is how it should be. This is what that means this is what you should be thinking. Of, the less I'm, I'm inclined to, to follow that path. Did you find so, yourself? Did you find yourself in prayer often upon learning of Jordan's diagnosis, or even before? Because you know you're 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 leading towards the 
something's not right. Let's figure this out. Did you, as a result, then go to prayer where you're, you know, praying for the best outcome and things of that sort, or were you not there? It's such a good, it's such a good question. I love it when you interview me. Um, I, because uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that you're going to be able to tell us the same thing. So yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, anybody who goes to a tragic event and as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a global, you know, experience of, of, of 9-11. And by the way, that's ours. We think of it like it's worth, and, and we, the, Europe has experienced this. Asia has experienced it. Other parts of the world, Middle East has experienced these kinds of tragedies on a regular basis. But for Americans, we're like, oh my gosh, like this happened on our soil, like as if it was the first time. But whenever that happens, I think immediately someone says, it, if I believe in God, why would God allow that to happen? Why would yes. God allow that to happen to those innocent people, those people that got to work early, those people that had their children in daycare, the people that were traveling on their trains? Why would God allow that to happen? Because, you know, God's merciful, but is God merciless and is God, you know, vindictive? And is, did somebody do something wrong? And, and you know, and you, you're going to hold conversation about the perpetrators mm -hmm. of the event, you know, and their belief in their religion. But in general, for me, it was sort of like, what is like, is there a lesson here? Is there something that we're supposed to get out of it? And, and can't, and I love Mr. Rogers, you know, I, I used to work for WQD or Mr. Rogers was filmed back in Pittsburgh. Mr. Rogers used to always say, you know, whenever there's a tragedy, look for the, look for the good people, look for the people doing good. And I, and I kept looking at what's the, where's the positive in all of this. When it came to Jordan's diagnosis, I'm like, did this initially as men, you know, we're like, okay, okay. Who's all right. Whose fault is this? Where did that come from? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Then it yeah. becomes, you know, when one finger is pointing out, right. Three fingers are pointing back. Cause I was like, is this something that I did or I've done, or I didn't do, mm -hmm. is this some sort of, so, so the whole questioning around faith at the time of, of diagnosis for me was like, yeah, is there, I'm not, I'm not, sh I'm not sure what the lesson is to be learned here. But I believe that God gives things to people who can handle it. I think, you know, God or the universe or whatever you determine to be your higher source of, of power tend to give these kinds of things to people who can who can handle it. And so I took it on as you had mentioned this before. Why me? Why not me? I went from, you know, like, how did this, you know, why did this happen to us as opposed to why did this happen? You know, he gave this to me for a reason. So this is happening mm -hmm. for me. I just have to figure out why. I right. just have to figure out why. I love that, Carrie Lynn. Um, just put that up there for a second, right? You've got to find good, mm -hmm. right? And so that point in time for me was was the was exactly the idea of finding good, finding reason, finding purpose, whether it was God driven or universal, or whatever. But start and 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 you, Sean, you know me. You know me now long enough to know. You know that that is how I, I live my life. Always trying to find the good in people. Sometimes to a detriment. Sometimes you know taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. But always yeah. find the good in the situation. We, <laughs> we spend time talking sometimes about situations where we're like, what that? What is that all about? Right? And then we're like, well, okay, maybe mm -hmm. there's some good. Maybe there's a reason for it. But it, the diagnosis for me was a. Uh, was a personal challenge and and it result listen at the end of the day we, we my wife and I got divorced and um I remarried and you know our relationship with with Jordan with all of my children are you know is fantastic mm -hmm. my relationship with my ex-wives is you know is 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 very good as well and so you know the idea that you always find something good out of 
out of a situation. I think for me, having faith in, in a higher power has just allowed me to continue to search for the good and search for the, for the things that, you know, that make sense in the world. Yeah. You so, know, I posted a, a question on social media, like, I think sometimes when you post things that hit people right between the eyes, what they do is they respond and it resonates with them. And sometimes it can resonate to the point of no response though, where people are like, I'm not touching that. I'm not comfortable with what I'm going to say. And what I posted once was, I said, for those of you that are atheists, that believe in nothing greater than yourself. And I mean this literally, this is not a, um, um, you know, this is, I'm asking this a, a literal question. Um, what do you do in situations where something is completely beyond your control? You're in the midst of despair. You don't have an answer. Where do you turn and what do you do? And I had one friend say something like, I don't remember what they turned to, but there was someone that I didn't even know was not a person of any kind of faith whatsoever. I think, but whatever their answer was, was something something that had nothing to do with faith, you know, like they turn with, not even turn within, it was less spiritual than that, you know? Um, and I meant that where it's not sarcastic because I think like, okay, if you're at a point where, because you, you pray in response in one of several ways, you've gotten this bad news. Oh my gosh, I hope to God that someone said, Oh God, Oh dear God, please blah, 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 blah. And then you ask whatever you may ask. And then there are those that, you know, in a situation will honestly ask. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just, it's a constant struggle. You know, I had a family member that <clears throat> had, um, was going through um, chemotherapy and I was praying for um, the best outcome. And at one point there was a thought that, um, that amputation was going to come into play, depending on the outcome of a second biopsy. And I shifted my prayer, because what I would do is I'd pray each day and I would ask for, uh, I would say, thank you. In other words, praying as though it's already taking place. Thank you for complete health recovery and uh, you know of so-and-so. And I go down a list of people that I know that are not well, whether they have a cold or a, or a terminal situation. And then at the end, I would say, and, you know, and anyone else who I have missed for, you know, all. And I was like, that sounds so, you know, I don't, but I just have this belief that somebody hears me. I don't know if it's, you know, Yahweh, you know, Jah, Jehovah. I, I, I don't know. I just figure somebody yeah. hears and, and maybe it's a hope. And what I did upon getting that news was I shifted it from that to thank you for the healing 100% recovery. Uh, thank you for the healing recovery and 100% limb retention, you know, retention of all limbs. And I went down, went down the list and um, it was very favorable after that. And so for anybody that's doubting too, you know, I found some comfort in hearing that men of the cloth have doubts of their own and that it's normal to have those doubts. Because if you don't, depending on how you're raised, you can be like, wait a minute, if I doubt, then I'm not being obedient to God and, and God doesn't like that. God frowns on that. So what I'm saying is that I had that prayer answered, still give it to this day because I try not to take anything for granted. And I still go back and forth of like, what if this is like, like really, really it? Like you're just gone because what I, what I'll do is 
I think less, I think more with logic and less with feeling. And I'll, I remember um, Paul McCartney in an interview said that all four of the Beatles, when they were living said, look, whichever one of us, you know, goes first, whenever we go, find a way to reach back. And my dad and I have the very same agreement. And cause I'm like, look, you might, it might scare the crap out of you, but if you know for a fact, not hope, not wish, but know that there's someplace for you to go after you're done here, which is dictated by how you've treated people and yourself while you're here, you could technically never have a bad day again. And so, you know, I, I rest on that. I arrive back at that. I arrive back at the notion that I'd rather live my life as though there is a God and find out that there is not than to have lived it as though there isn't one. And then upon death, find out, oh crap, there really is one. Let me go back. I'll, I'll, I'll make it all right. But even though I arrive back at that, I still stray from the thought every now and then or from the faith, from the belief, which is just like, oh my gosh, what if? You know, that bookshelf that you see back there, I've told you before, I've got more than one Bible, more than one Quran, and I even have a Book of Mormon, and I have purchased none of those. They've all been given to me. And, you know, maybe I think it's the universe listening to my, my, my quest, but, you know, you're wondering for me, my wife and I, we, we've... We talk about our prayers. We've prayed together at times where it's like we've re you're really facing something, you know, um, and we talk about, but for the most part, we talk about what we may have prayed about as opposed to us getting down together and praying. And maybe that's something to revisit. But, you know, we have a very large blended home. Um, we've got four of um, of our children or my sister and uh, kids who we adopted. We've got my wife's uh, two daughters. The oldest has moved out. Um, and then Elijah, our only biological child, 15 years old, diagnosed with autism at the age of three. Um, I pray when I look at him, you know, prayers are very obvious in the, you know, our father, you know, hmm. whatever the case might be in a very formal sense. But I say a prayer throughout the day as well, too, as I look and I see somebody that's, you know, fallen on hard times or something like that. I feel like it's inches between me and them because there's a bunch of circumstances that I might not be aware of that could have me in that person's shoes. And so the words that I say are translated from Arabic because I learned that from my dad finding Islam, which is, you know, there isn't a greater but God. All praise be to God. None other deserves to be worshipped but God. I don't know how to say that in Arabic, but, you know, that's part of my you know, being, so to speak. And there's times where I catch myself, I'm like, hmm, am I being heard? And I had a conversation with a neighbor the other day that was telling me about resources to turn to that will remind you that there's just, there's more to it than this. And I just know for the person out there that's listening within the sound of our voice right now that is single, whose child can, because there's a, for each of us, our children have things that they can do without us. For some, that list is shorter than others. For some, that list is longer. For those that are single and your child may not be able to essentially exist without you, like the only thing they can do on their own is breathe almost, it's got to be very difficult for that person to have a belief, much less a hope, in something greater than the, themselves. And I will tell you, whether you're listening live, you catch this after the fact, if you happen to be one of those people, and despite that, you have hope, we want to hear from you. Because what we want to do is, you know, we created this show to uplift people that were, you know, that are helping the special needs community. We're going to be branching out, especially with some of the guests that we have coming up that go a little beyond the special needs community, but most definitely what they're doing bleeds into that. But the idea is to uplift as many people as possible. And if you're somebody out there 
that has faced and continues to face um, tumult in ways that we may not be able to relate to. But despite that, you have faith, then your word and your experience has value in terms of being able to um, shine light and give hope to people that can't find it. So to answer the unasked question that you're thinking of, which I asked you earlier, which is what did I do upon Elijah's diagnosis? Before I got to the point of faith, uh, I, I had questions more than anything. Because I think most couples would probably agree. There's a conversation and the reaction you have within yourself when the diagnosis takes place. And yep. then depending on the strength of your union, there's then the conversation you have with each other. If the yep. strength of the union is 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 great, your conversations are probably going to be like, what are we going to do? Maybe your mom can help out. Maybe we can do this. What if we do this? What if we do that? There's solution-oriented questions. If the yep. strength of the, of the union is little, then the questions that probably come about probably involve a lot of finger pointing, whether one's pointing at themselves or at each other. Well, doesn't your side of the family have some? Do you have this? Do you have that? And for me, I thought about my academic disaster throughout most of my life in that I was never diagnosed with anything but good grades and I were like the North and South of the United States in the 1800s. There was a civil war. It just, you know, <laughs> just, just, I, I would baffle people, but nobody diagnosed me with anything. And I remember people, they sent me to a school in, uh, in uh, Pride's Crossing, Massachusetts, tiny old town. I went there for the summer of 1978 for a summer program. And most of the people there, I'd never heard the word dyslexic so much as I was mm. there. And a lot of the people that were at that school, it was almost like like college life. It took place on this, this, this on this estate and there was classrooms there and everything. And most people kept talking about dyslexia. And I was like, dyslexia? And when I found out what it was, I was like, my words aren't, I, I don't see letters backwards. I don't, that's not my thing. That's not my situation. But it was a process of elimination and exploration. But because I went through that and all these tutors and everything, when Elijah was diagnosed, I started to wonder like, is there, is there a portion of this that is hereditary? And it wasn't about blame and or pity. I was just trying to factually find out, is there a chance that I pass something on? I have no idea. And so after you went from that, you know, I think what I ended up praying for more than anything is, you know, I hate to say it, it's, it's situational uh, in response to things that we face. Other than that, you know, I pray all the time for his independence. I try to pray for what I haven't seen yet. Um, because if you... If you pray with sight, then you will pray for your child to be able to do certain things that um, maybe you, they don't do right now to an extent, right? Um, but if you pray with vision, that's a lot more broader than sight. And you can pray for, and now, now I'm speaking to myself as well as I am the audience. This is why I love the fact that we have this show. I'm literally just stepped outside of myself and I'm talking to myself here, which is, if you're going to pray, if you're going to pray, why not pray as big as you possibly can? Like if you're going to pray for the best for your child, right? Would you, does it make sense to pray for your child to be able to catch, you know, three fish in a day? Why not 10? Especially if you've taught them how to share the fish or share the skill of catching fish for oneself. And so I try to think of the things that maybe we can't even see Elijah doing on his own. Pray for those things. Shoot for, shoot for the, for, you know, for the moon. If you if, if you miss, you're still amongst the stars. Um, and that credit goes to to the great Casey Kasem. I didn't make that up. Um, mm. 
but it but it it makes sense and you know you go back you know you go back and forth and i'm hoping that after this is uploaded to the youtube channel that you know more and more people will chime in and um and uh, and and give their give their opinions on where they're at maybe in a moment of despair but then also give them their opinion on um of you know where one might be able to go if they've overcome despair and Carolyn, thank you for that uh, that, um, that that comment there. It's nice to know that something makes half a difference. I can't believe we're at forty minutes already. Just that. No, I didn't think we were talking that much. Oh, <laughs> uh, we. Um, no, I'm kidding. I talked. I talked quite a bit. I forgot even what the question was. Um, I just a couple of things that you made uh, the, that you that you that you brought up. I, I again, I I never. I, I never try to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't pray on or if they should pray or how they should pray, you know, what they do, mm -hmm. what they do. Cause again, I think your relationship with the higher power is completely, is a completely individual relationship and what works for one may not work for somebody else. And, you know, it's one of those kinds of things. Right. So like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, and because I mentioned all the different faiths, like growing up in the Virgin Islands, I was baptized in an Episcopal church um, in the Anglican religion. I went to, to in a school, um, All Saints Cathedral School. My grandmother's funeral was in that church. So was my So was my grandfather's. And in that environment, you know, you're taught to pray. You put your hands together and you're on your knees and you pray. In Islam, you submit, you're on your knees as well. But when you pray, you pray with your hands out. And to me... I just, it, it connected with me the idea of praying with your hands out because you're receiving, you know, or for the, you can be giving as well. Either way, you're either giving or receiving with hands out like this, as opposed to, you know, this. So I think sometimes what makes sense is to actually respond to um, what resonates with you and you know exactly exactly more more, more so than almost anything else because if you if you yeah. sit in silence you find out that you know a lot more than you think that's when answers sure. to questions tend to come visit you for sure for people who who are big into meditation that's exactly how they quiet their mind and let thoughts flow and then you know they often find answers to questions they didn't even really realize they had and and things present themselves so again that's why i whatever i always you know believe that do whatever resonates with you do whatever works for you um you're not in this world alone and you know and i'm also a firm believer that, <laughs> that a lot of times the unknown or those things that we don't even realize are happening to us we'll we'll find them out like we it will be it will be revealed to us the challenge is that it'll be revealed to us at that nanosecond before we cross over and, and leave this life and go to the next phase, whatever this is. And so, you know, I always tell people like the last thing that you want is to get to that point and go, oh, crap, I should have done, should have done this. I could have done that. Right. Mm -hmm. I always look at, you know, if you're in a situation, relationship, uh, job, if you're in a situation where you're like, you're just grinding and it's a daily grind and you're like, I oh, are again and I'm going to go through this routine again. And it's a, you're not truly living your life. And the, the challenge is that you get to some point, you're like, oh God. I think as we get older, that's kind of what happens. We look at we look at it, we see that the that the road behind us is a lot longer than the road ahead of us. And we're like, okay, well, 
again, be, do, have, did I, was I, who I, you know, meant to, was meant to be Am I doing the things I should be doing? Am I, do I have the things that I, you know, wanted to have in my life, whether that's experiences or things, whatever. So again, totally personal, but I think that we get to that point where like, maybe the last phase of my life here on earth, I should do something different. We always talk about our parents who, you know, hardcore parents who seem to soften as they get older. Um, mm -hmm. And while that's some, there's a biological component to it because our hormones change, there's also a spiritual component to it where you're like, oh, geez, to, to the point that you made at the very beginning, my peers, people my age are passing away. Once our parents pass away, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of next in line. It's kind of like, you know, we kind of move up the ladder and they're like, boop, they're gone. And then you move up next and boop. So, yeah. you know, as morbid as that seems, but the, but the, the, the thing is, as we get closer to that, we're like, we tend to look back and go, gosh, you know, could I have done something better? Is this, is this a chance for me to do something meaningful now? And, you know, I always think whether you're 24 or 84, there's always a chance to start anew, you know, renewed, anew, you know, and, 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 and do it, what you feel like you have to do. A lot of that comes from, again, your own sense of sort of spirituality, whether that comes from a handed down as through a religion or through some other source, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of, of Abraham Hicks. Like I love the idea that there's a, you know, ascended masters in the world that, you know, that, that tend to have a, you know, look over us and give messages of, you know, promise, hope, faith, I told you about the dream that I had that I passed away where, you know, my message was stop messing around with all the others. Don't worry about all that other stuff. Focus on your, your true purpose in life. You know, you're that's, there for a reason. And that's right? the thing because we can have conversation about a topic whose nuances one can agree or disagree with, and we will serve some people and others will lose or miss. But if we, then focus on that which covers all, regardless of your faith or lack thereof, then we serve everybody. And the one thing that we can all agree upon is that, as I always say in conversation, we're never going to be as young as we were when I began this sentence, much less the word, right? Time is the original gangster, doesn't care about anybody else and has a job to do and will keep on moving. And, it, and, and much like money, it can be a wonderful servant um, or a horrible master. And one of the greatest examples of how quickly it goes by is just for anybody that's over the age of, you know, that's at least 20, say early to mid 20s. Think back to how foreign, how long ago the year 2000 seems. Yeah. You know, because for those of us, that are of a certain age approaching the year 2000, some of the questions we had, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is the, the, the millennium is, you know, changing and, and, and we should have like the, the flying cars and stuff like that, like the Jetsons, like they said we would have in the video phones and all. Well, some of that has come to pass. The video phones have actually become, you know, a step beyond because they're in our pocket, but that was 22 years ago. Yeah. Damn near 23. <laughs> In a couple of weeks, you know, yeah. about a month. And that's crazy. And so if, you, if you're if you old enough, you think about 20 years prior to that or 10 years prior to that, the further back you go, the longer it took for that time to pass, or at least so it seems. And so the bottom line is most of we can agree that time waits for no one. Then um, 
not only should we remain as childlike as we possibly can and less childish, and that not, not only means, you know, that means several things. I always talk about that in terms of how we treat each other, ask more questions and make less statements. But the other childlike quality that is so mesmerizing that we should try to hold on to is tied to a word that you mentioned a couple minutes ago, being new. One of the things about being a kid that gives you this great outlook is one, my personal belief, and I've heard other people say it as well, is you're closer to God when you're, you know, when you've just arrived and also closer to God when you're, you know, departing. That's why old people and children have so much wisdom to offer, some from questions, some from statements. But the other thing about being a child and childlike quality that is so immeasurable in value is that you're easily impressed, right? You're easily excited. You're easily, um, um, you might laugh easily because you're always looking at something new. You know, when you get yeah. to, it's when you get to a certain age that if someone says you want to do so-and-so, I don't know. I haven't done that before. You know, when you get to a certain age, you don't do that. So in addition to continuing as we close, continue to continue to search. Don't ever stop searching. If you're an atheist, go ahead and search because it's not going to hurt you. Continue to search for whatever faith or anything you believe in greater than yourself. And my thought is that you have to have some kind of belief in something greater than, than, than yourself. It doesn't, it might not, it doesn't have to necessarily be religious because religion is created by man, but spirituality just simply is, right? Those are two different things. So continue to search and then seek out the new, you know, continue to find something. Because when you think about what do you have to look forward to, um, the more you have to look forward to, the more you embrace your, your day and the more you're able to um, face your day as opposed to braving it. When you brave a day, it's almost like you tolerate the gift of life. But when you embrace it, you're literally looking forward to a new day. So if you want to make some work for yourself, make some work trying to find something new and, and find a way to get excited about tiny little simple things because simple well, things are the most valuable ones. I think braving the day is doesn't necessarily – I mean – if you're faced with a day that's going to be, I'll have a lot of challenges. You, you got to have some, you got to have some bravery. You got to you you brave brave that, you got to brave that, yeah. that situation. So I don't really, yeah. you know, again, don't condemn that. If somebody, that's somebody's choice. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm brave right. in the day is if you're just getting through the day, if you're just doing the grind, you know, and that's then, when that, I say brave it, I'm talking about the, the grind. And then the bottom line is you don't want that to be your everyday existence. It's every day is one that is to be braved. You need to evaluate, you know, hopefully there's some evaluation or reevaluation that will take place with regard to the quality of the days, minutes and hours. Yeah. Again, I have a, 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 a you know, close friend who, you know, found out that he had a, a growth in his sinuses and just before Thanksgiving and they don't know what it is and they needed to do an MRI, but they couldn't do the MRI until after the week after the the Thanksgiving holiday. And then it takes two weeks to wait for the results to, to get determine. a result. So, so brave in the day for a three week or four week period of time is, is a reality for that, you know, for that person, right. That's There's right. people who go through these Absolutely. challenges, you know, you're faced with, you know, fighting, fighting through the, the, the key at the end of it is, is, you know, understanding the reason the reason why you fight, the reason why you get them, the reason why you do it. Because sometimes you don't know what it is until you're in the middle of it. And then you're like, oh, man, I'm going to do this for my kids or I can do this for my, 
you know, my, my daughter's going to get married or my, you know, so-and-so's, you know, pregnant. I got to see my, my grandchild. I got to, I got, there's a reason to fight for the next stage, the next stage, the next stage. And, and, you know, again, that's always being called forth, but, you know, by, by, by something in, in the future. And, and by, a lot of times that's, you know, that's God in the universe. And, you know, that's, that's just a, re, you know, somebody tapping you on the shoulder. They're reminding you, Hey, you have something to live for here. Don't give up. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, all of that to say, all that to say, I think that, that, because I don't pray regularly, you know, sometimes I will, I, I will acknowledge if somebody's going through something, I'll say, man, I'm, 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 I will say a prayer for you. Um, and I don't pray in that moment, you know, you know, God, please look over this person. I don't even know how to pray because I don't listen to the dogma, how to pray. Right. So, but, but I'm always into like, how can we just care for one another? And again, it goes back to this with perfect timing as we start to end this episode you know, empathy and love and caring for another human being and caring for others and caring for those around us. Even if you're faced with a challenge of your own, know that, you know, you don't know the impact that you have on people around you. Uh, we've had, we've had you and I both had the experience where somebody, you know, made a comment to us about watching a past episode or, or had watched an episode of Just Two Dads and, and, and how it was impactful for them. We're like, oh, I didn't even know that you knew we had a podcast. You know, I didn't even know you were right. It. And so, you right. never know the impact that you have on the people around you. Not only that, but you don't know the impact that, well, and you do because people say things to you, but your treatment of Elijah and how you t- are with Elijah out in public and what happens because people comment to you about, man, this was so you know impactful for me or this made such a difference for me or your son did some amazing things. The, one of the greatest things that we as parents get are those comments about our children that happen when we're not present, you know, that our child is regarded, highly regarded, they're highly respectful, they're highly, you know, the, you know, there's thankful gratitude, there's this whole this great stuff about our kids, that gives you faith, that gosh, you know, God forbid, at that point, you get to in your life where it's, you know, you consider you're looking at the end, and then thinking about what happens to me as I pass on what happens to my children, those things that that happen without your outside of your presence are uh, give you hope that you know you'll carry on. And, and last thing I'll say, as as we'll say, because I know we're wrapping up, and Sean Hall in Hawaii is like, "Hey, you guys, stop talking." Um, um, <laughs> is that you know he likes to remind us, you guys are talking too much. But um, fifty but, minute mark, we, we and we appreciate that deeply. Yeah, you know, we love Sean. We love Sean Hall. The the idea that I carry with me the great memories of my grandmother, the great memories mm-hmm. of my grandfather, the great the great experiences of those in my family that have passed on before me. Um, when I think of camping, I think about my uncle Nate who took me camping when I was a kid. You know, when I go to a you know go to a go to a Laker game or go to or go to a Dodger game, I think about the time that my dad. You know the the great memories that we have. So yeah, I I believe that we all live on mm-hmm. after we pass in those kinds of things. Only if we're actually doing things, right? doing it. caring yes. for one yes. another. You got to have mm-hmm. empathy and love for each other because that's the memory that people of, of you you live on through people's memories and experiences of you when you were alive, and so your spirit lives on in the memory. We talk about this with Christmas, right? There's there's Santa Claus, and then there's the spirit of Santa Claus, right? The spirit of your of your the impact of you have on other people lives on in others' experiences and memories of you, 
And uh, so that's always the thing that, you know, we think about. So, you know, as we wind off the show, like this is a great conversation for us to, to be discussing again at this particular time of the year and empathy and love, you know, looking at somebody else's situation and being caring and empathetic. You have no idea what that person is going through and the fact that they got up and that they're facing that, whatever they're facing today, you know anything about their situation, they're up and they're out and they're doing something, they're making an impact. So, so be empathetic and treat everybody with love. Look at the world through the lenses of love and the world just becomes a better place when you do that. And so when I feel despair about things, I remember be of service, be of contribution, you know, be empathetic and just share love. And it all seems to, to, to work out. So with that note, I'll send it to you to close us out. I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have to just even have this platform and have these dis, uh, discussions. Um, you know, this is like being in therapy each week, um, which is just, Great. It's such, such, such a blessing. And now that I, you know, because when I have my moments and you're doubtful about, you know, what there is to be excited about or excited for and everything, this show is one of those things. Because if you think about, like, what would it be like to not have this? So I want to thank everyone that takes the time to tune in, um, whether you're doing so live on WSDX uh, AM radio on the U.S. Virgin Islands, after the fact on every, virtually every um, podcast platform that is out there. Uh, I want to thank the women um, in my life without whom I would not be. That is, of course, my mom, Jan, and my amazing uh, wife, Laura. And again, like I was saying earlier, continue to continue to search. Um, you know, whether you're looking for something to believe in greater than yourself. And if you, I was thinking about what you said earlier, Brian, when you said something about not praying in the traditional sense or not wanting anybody to tell you how to pray. If somebody, if you're out there and you're not, and you're trying to figure out, well, how do I eat? How does one even pray? You know what? Just speak. That's it. Just speak. The whole idea is like, if there's somebody that could hear you, um, that could hear what is really on your heart, whether it's for yourself or for others, um, you go ahead, go ahead and speak. Let that, let that be known. And um, just remember, Everybody needs the same thing. Everybody needs to be seen, needs to be heard, needs to be loved, and needs to know that they matter. And we've got some great things that are going to be coming up um, in the coming year. And we didn't mention it at the, at, the, at the top of the show. We also want to make sure that you take advantage of the opportunity to uh, support um, Billy's uh, Billy Footwear, who's an, which is an amazing um company. I, I feel guilty saying that they're a shoe company. Uh, Billy Price is one of the founders of that company who uh, fell out of a window two weeks into his freshman year of college, broke his neck, was paralyzed from the chest down, learned how to do everything for himself with the exception of putting his shoes on. A prototype was made by a friend. From that was born Billy Footwear. And this past year, they sold their millionth pair of shoes. And so uh, if you will go to the link that you'll find on our uh, YouTube channel and on our uh, Instagram page as well, you'll get 10% off of your purchase. And at this time, they actually have a, um, a sale going on where there's an additional 20% off. Um, but at any rate, wherever you are, thank you for watching this, and we love you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week.